Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I'm going to jump straight now to London. Boris Johnson addressing the British Parliament. Let's see if we can... Legislation to ban the export of all dual-use items to Russia, including a range of high-end and critical technological equipment and components in sectors including electronics, telecommunications and aerospace. Legislation to implement this will be laid early next week. These trade sanctions will constrain Russia's military, industrial and technological capabilities for years to come. We're bringing forward measures on unexplained wealth orders from the Economic Crime Bill to be introduced before the House rises for Easter. And we will set out further detail before Easter on the range of policies to be included in the full bill in the next session, including on reforms to companies' house and a register of overseas property ownership. We will, we will set up a new dedicated kleptocracy cell in the National Crime Agency to target sanctions evasion and corrupt Russian assets hidden in the UK. And that means oligarchs in London will have nowhere to hide. That's Boris Johnson. He's speaking right now. It is 6.07 p.m. in London, 7.07 p.m. in Ukraine, 12. Uh, well, I guess it's now uh, eight. It's uh, 12.08 p.m. live here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm broadcasting. It is Eric Erickson, the phone number, 877-973-7425. We get a sense from Boris Johnson of what Joe Biden is going to announce if he shows up on time for once. In less than 30 minutes, President Biden will address the nation. I will cover the audio here so we can hear him. Boris Johnson now laying out sanctions in Great Britain, technological and financial sanctions going after Russian oligarchs and the like, as a full-scale invasion of Ukraine has begun. Now, a word of caution here beginning uh, this show. There is a lot of information that is coming out from Ukraine right now. A lot of it is designed uh, by both Russian and Ukrainian forces to shape not just a war campaign, but an information war campaign. Uh, Normally, I move fairly fast on social media, and as things come through from breaking news sources, tend to relay it. I move more cautiously at times like this because you do have to be mindful at times like this of a propaganda campaign by both sides, not just the Russians, the Ukrainians as well. The Ukrainians, for example, are um, pushing a story. It has made its way into national and international wire services that a Russian division has surrendered. We don't know that that's true, but uh, major media outlets have now said that it that it is happening. I don't know that it's true, and you don't know that it's true. What we do know for certain is that a full-scale invasion of Ukraine has begun and Western nations cannot agree on what to do about it. You would think they would be able to agree on what to do about it given the circumstances, but one of the big issues is the SWIFT banking system. SWIFT is what is used to carry out wire transactions. There are 41 million uh, wire transactions a day globally through the SWIFT banking service or communications, I should say. That is on how to move money, where to move money. Uh, the Western world, including Russia, has relied on the SWIFT service to route money around the world any given second of the day. 
Uh, Western powers are meeting to try to get Russia shut out of the system, but Germany, Italy, Cyprus, Hungary, they refuse to get Russia out of this. Now, the reason the Germans and the Italians in particular are opposed to kicking Russia out is because they made a lot of loans to Russia. And they can't get their money back if they keep Russia out of the SWIFT system. It's going to have to happen if they want really crippling sanctions. Uh, what What is just a, a, a astonishing here is that Western powers, for all of their bluster and tough talk, can't actually come to an agreement on how to be tough on Russia. Bloomberg News is reporting that Joe Biden's aides warned him his original sanctions would not be enough to stop what actually happened. It is not surprising. Meanwhile, John Kerry is on the scene. John Kerry has been asked about the situation with Ukraine and Russia and listened to former Secretary of State of the United States of America, John Kerry. I'm very concerned about, I'm concerned about Ukraine because of the people of Ukraine and because of the principles that are at risk uh, in terms of international law and trying to change boundaries of international law by force. Uh, I thought we lived in a world that had said no to that kind of activity, and I hope diplomacy will win. But a massive uh, emissions consequences to the war, but equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. You're going to lose certainly big country attention because they will be diverted, and, and uh, I think it could have a damaging impact. So, you know, I think hopefully President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66% of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing, and his infrastructure is at risk, and the people of Russia are at risk. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. There you go, friends. John Kerry's worried about climate change still. Worried about climate change got the West into this. Let me give you some data so that you can understand the problem with the dithering from Germany and European allies. According to the German economic minister this morning, 50% of German coal comes from Russia. 55% of natural gas in Germany comes from Russia. 35% of oil from uh, comes from Russia for Germany. That makes them dependent on Russia. Angela Merkel has fled the scene now, but she fostered German dependence on Russia, and that money goes back to Russia. Now, the Germans don't want to kick Russia out of the SWIFT banking system because to do so would prevent them from getting paid on their loans. Energy prices are going to go up in Europe. Y'all, we're looking at uh, the United States and Europe in particular being so invested in a climate crisis, they've caused a national security crisis in Europe, the first major land war in Europe since World War II, and Putin knows he can do it, and Europe can't stand up to him because they are too dependent on Russia during the winter. Hey, it's February in order to do much about it. When the president speaks here in a little while, 
we're going to need to listen and see just how strident the sanctions are on Russia. There are a lot of people out there who have taken the 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 um, the idea that the the pen is mightier than the sword. We we can write about it. We can put it in international agreements. We can condemn him in editorials. We can mean tweet Putin, and he will stop. You know, I I want to spend just a moment here on on a particular issue. A lot of people are out there saying, you know, we've been distracted by the pronouns. I've made jokes about it. We've been distracted by the pronoun wars and drag queens in the military and things like that. Um, it, well, while Putin's been building up here, here's, I, I need to make this point. And I want to do it diplomatically, I guess. But here, the lay of the landscape for how and why and this is all happening right now in Ukraine. It's not because the United States military is doing diversity training. It's not because European powers are more interested in their militaries being color-coordinated and advertising their tolerance. It's not because the United States military wants to make sure transgender soldiers can come in and drag queens can do spectacles in in uh, the, the military bunkers. It's not just, it has nothing to do with the pronoun game in the United States. But what all of this signals is why this can happen. When the American military and the American political establishment and the European political establishment are more worried about apologizing for colonialism and for taking native lands and for making sure everybody has a pronoun they're comfortable with and for giving people safe spaces and for allowing drag queen story hour and all the like, what it suggests to the rest of the world is that we've lost our seriousness. Our focus has turned inward. And we can become a vain and petty people. We have become unserious. And Vladimir Putin is very serious. So when Vladimir Putin goes out of his way to to, to tell everyone that he wants an end to NATO, and when Vladimir Putin assassinates opponents on NATO territory soil, And when Vladimir Putin jails and kills dissidents at home, and when Vladimir Putin invades Georgia, and we do nothing, and when Vladimir Putin takes over Crimea, and we do nothing, and when Vladimir Putin makes a proxy war in Syria against the West, and we do nothing, and while he's doing that, We're arguing over pronouns in the United States and putting men in women's sports and saying, if you disagree, you're a bigot. It's that the Russians know we are too distracted to stop them, and now is the time to make his play. Now, I know that's hard for some people, particularly on the left, to understand because you passionately believe that boys can become girls. Uh, Maureen Downey is an education columnist in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The the, the Georgia legislature is considering a ban on boys from girls' sports, biological boys from girls' sports. She handed over a column to, to a woman who says, what about her daughter? 
This hurts her daughter. Her daughter, of course, is a boy. But she believes the boy is now a girl. And so this discriminates against her girl. Don't you love the little subtle culture war twist on this? It hurts her girl. It doesn't hurt her girl. It hurts her son. But this is the this is the push against the legislature in Georgia for doing something like this. Now, does this have a direct tie to Russia invading Ukraine? No, but it has a very big indirect tie to it. It shows that the United States is so distracted by a social madness sweeping society, particularly on the left, and the cultural institutions of the United States can be deployed against anyone who speaks up and, and calls them bigots and shuts them down and gets them thrown off social media. Vladimir Putin knows now's the time he can invade because we are so inwardly focused on a social madness sweeping Western elites who are now at war with truth, there's no way these people will ever be able to stand up to him. They won't be able. You can't even agree on pronouns. How are you going to agree on taking on Vladimir Putin? You can't even agree on the sexualization of kids is a bad thing. How are you going to take on Putin? You can't agree on the basic cultural norms of society. How then can you agree to stand up to someone like Vladimir Putin? You can't do it, and he knows it. Look at the Western allies now. The Western allies have been so fixated on their cultural campaigns and environmental justice, they're too indebted to Russia to be able to stop him. Germany can't agree to throw Russia out of the SWIFT banking system because the German banks have made too many loans to Russia while they've been funding diversity exercises at home. Yes, this is all tied together, whether you want to believe it or not. Vladimir Putin can look at the West and say the West has turned inward and divided itself. And you know what? Go back to Vladimir Putin in Germany, December 5th, 1989, when the East German mob showed up to burn down the KGB offices, and he was told Moscow is silent. You know what one of his lessons from that was? It's that populist movements in the West are destructive and destabilizing to their governments. And guess what Vladimir Putin has been doing? He's been funding populist movements in the West. To destabilize. It will not be surprised when historians go into Russian archives 20 years from now and find the Russians have been throwing money at activists on the left and the right to stir up sentiment against each other. I mean, he did actually try to intervene in the American election in 2016, not as the Democrats claim to help Donald Trump, but to get us at each other's throats. If you will recall, one of the things that the Mueller investigation found is that the Russians were funding anti-Hillary Clinton protests and anti-Donald Trump protests, trying to get people to show up at the same time, at the same place for counter-protests. It worked. We've become inwardly focused on insanity, which meant there was nothing we could do to stop him from doing this. Now the question is, can we quickly get our wits about ourselves and try to repel this attack? Not with force, not with our soldiers, but are we willing to arm the Ukrainians? Are we willing to shut Putin out of the banking system? Are we willing to do the difficult things now so that we don't have to do the really hard things later? The President of the United States will shortly speak, and we'll find out.
This other program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. Wherever you are, they can help your business grow. What you need to do is go to firstlibertyga.com. If you want to buy a building or build a building, if you have a really big project, $750,000 or more it's going to cost you, reach out to First Liberty. They can help you, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. They'll work with you, see if you're a good fit for their program. Uh, we have this bizarre situation at uh, the United Nations right now. I don't understand why we keep the United Nations around. When I was a kid, the UN Secretary General was a big deal in large part because I grew up overseas. And um, I don't even know who the Secretary General is now. You know, Kofi Annan, he used to be the big guy. Um, what was it now? It was the uh, Antonio Guterres, former Prime Minister of Portugal. The Secretary General is kind of the face of the United Nations. I, I've just kind of lost track of who these people are. Um, wh where are we now? We got Antonio Guterres, Ban Ki-moon, yep, Reverend Kofi Annan, Boutros, Boutros, Gali. He was the big one. Javier Perez de Cuellar, remember him. And, it, you know, it's kind of striking how ineffective the United Nations is at stopping this. In fact, Russia is chairing the Security Council right now. Yes, that's right. Russia is currently the chair of the Security Council at the United Nations. And so when the world leaders wanted to have a meeting of the Security Council to discuss what to do about Ukraine, they had to get the Russian ambassador to the United Nations to get the meeting together. And they couldn't accomplish anything. Why? Because Russia and China have vetoes as a product of the uh, Second World War. It's rather striking how unserious the United Nations is. It's just a gathering house for dictatorships to hate on Israel and the United States these days. There's no reason for us to keep the United Nations on American soil, at least. That's prime real estate in New York. Tear it down and get out of it and move on. We've moved into a world where multilateral alliances are going to be far more effective than sitting around with a bunch of dictators trying to get them not to veto action. It's time to move out of the United Nations. It is meaningless. It is worthless. And it is pretty much dead on the killing fields of Ukraine today because it couldn't stop this. When we come back, the President of the United States is going to address the nation. I hope to carry it live. We'll discuss it as well. The President has pushed back his speech to 1.30 p.m. Again, I actually do want to – I realize it's Joe. Um, it's taken them a little while longer to jumpstart him and, and – uh, get drugs in the system to, to give him some adrenaline. And so it'll be one thirty when the president of the United States speaks, uh, which means sometime after four today, he might actually speak. We'll see right now. Uh, I want to go to the phones. Uh, Trevor, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Yes. I wanted to make a comment on the fact that you just stated that we're not going to put troops on the ground. That's the same thing that Joe Biden said. And it's one thing, not necessarily a fan, but it's one thing that Donald Trump said in his original debate with um, Hillary Clinton. We as Americans, we need to stop telegraphing to these enemies uh, and, and adversaries and to the world what we are and not willing to do. 
Because when you say stuff like that, it emboldens these people. They're like, okay, the Americans are scared they're not going to go forward. And that emboldened, that more than anything else probably emboldened him to go and go, go into Ukraine because he knows we're not going to fight because we just told him. And to me, that's like 1933 Neville Chamberlain, you know, just appeasement, appeasement, appeasement to these people. And sooner or later, you know, I know, you know, people are wary of war, but sooner or later, you get, they're going to confront you. And you either fight them now or you fight them later. But they're going to make sure you fight them. Uh, look, I, I, I understand your point is well taken, but we're not going to send troops to Ukraine. We're, we're, I mean, it's a statement of fact that Putin knew, I mean, whether Biden said it or not. I mean, it's we're not going to send troops to Ukraine. We're going to send them weapons. Uh, that's just the reality of the situation. I mean, Putin is, is, is well enough of the reality. That is that that is true, but you keep them guessing. That's one thing about Trump that you know that that our enemies our enemies and our friends understood. You don't know what they're going to do, what you're going to do next. So I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm Putin, maybe I might just double. You know, maybe I might just hold off because I'm not sure what how far the Americans are willing to go. That's with any bully. Yes. Uh, okay. Now, now, now you've given me something where, where you, you and I can actually have this conversation because yes, uh, the thing with Donald Trump, that there, there is a movement on the left right now to say, this is all Donald Trump's fault because it didn't happen under him. And a lot of us early on, on the right pointed out, it didn't happen during Trump. It happened under Obama with Crimea. Now the rest of it with, with, uh, Biden. And they're like, oh, well, that was because, I mean, Trump was laying the groundwork for it. No, actually, the point of the matter was Donald Trump was an insane narcissist and you never knew what the heck he was going to do. And you knew if you pissed him off, he probably would launch a nuke at you. So you left him alone. And there's something to be said for that. But everybody knows anybody that's ever been to junior high or high school. Anytime you've had to deal with a bully, when you stand up to the bully or you make the bully think twice that you may confront him. All right. Or you or you might stand. He's going to leave you alone. They only bother the weak. All right. This is this is high school high school social yes. you know social interaction one on one. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and now what's remarkable here, Trevor, is that you and I can recognize this point, and the Western elite and their experts cannot recognize this point. Uh, essentially, Vladimir Putin has turned Ukraine upside down and is shaking its pockets for its lunch money and food. And it's going to go to the next country and do that as well until we're willing to actually throw a punch. Uh, and me, this is, go ahead. Not, not to interrupt you. To me, this is no different than nineteen than, than nineteen ninety when Iraq went into Kuwait. All right, you have one country invading a sovereign other country. All right, we're willing to stand up then. Right. Why not now? Well, because I mean, if we want to get real about it, because Russia has nukes and we're not so sure Putin won't use them. So we scared, you know. So 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 we listen. If we're gonna lose our freedom, all right, I'd rather lose my freedom standing up than than, than kneeling down. Yep. Look, I, I, I Trevor, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, unfortunately, we're not in charge. I, I do think there's valid concern about Russia using nukes, among other things. Um, and also, are there ways for us to do this differently? I, I'll, no, so wait, 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 wait. I, hang on, hang on. Let, let me let me let me say this. Uh, our problem is not that we're not sending troops into Ukraine. No one expected mm-hmm. us to, it, it, whether it's okay. logical or illogical. Everybody, our problem is that we have not had a 24-7 shipment of arms to Ukraine so that we can put a gun in every single one of their hands. That we could have right. done and that we should have done. 
And the fact that Joe Biden is not leading, we did a Berlin airlift to keep uh, Berlin fueled and, and from being hungry right after World War II when the Soviets surrounded it and blocked it off. Why we're not sending guns and ammo constantly on a 24-7 basis with the rest of our allies to Ukraine right now to stop this, that's the problem here. We don't need to go punch the bully for Ukraine, but we have essentially tied Ukraine's hands behind it back and said, you can't punch him either. This is bad, and most people don't realize how the, the, the you know how this reverberates. Because the next deal we're going to have to deal with, and it's even really worse, is China and Taiwan. Yep. And By the we way, we do have strategic interest there. We do. Uh, and, and look, I appreciate the conversation very much. And uh, let me let me leave you on this point. China today flew planes directly over Taiwan inside its airspace. Nine Chinese military aircraft. It has now been confirmed, invaded the airspace of Taiwan. In the past, they've done it overseas. They've gone into Taiwanese airspace and they kept overseas. Today, for the first time, the Chinese decided to fly over Taipei. If you think it's a coincidence, you're insane. Now, to further up this point here, one of the real frustrations that I have right now with all of this is why are we having to argue over Donald Trump? So Donald Trump the other day praised Vladimir Putin, said it was a genius move. Can can we just stop and, and be rational about this for a moment? When Donald Trump says things, it infuriates people. But what Donald Trump specifically said was that it was a genius move, essentially a branding move by Putin to call the people moving into Ukraine peacekeepers. Now, if you think he's wrong, consider that Reuters ran its headline, Russia moves peacekeepers into eastern Ukraine. It was a branding ploy that worked. If you bother to follow along with Donald Trump's statement, he said this would never happen were he president of the United States. And by the way, this is why Democrats are spending so much energy blaming Trump for this. Because for four years, Donald Trump was president of the United States and Russia did nothing with Ukraine. In fact, it was under the Trump administration that the Americans armed Ukraine. And it was under the Trump administration that sanctions were deployed against the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, sanctions that Joe Biden got rid of. Donald Trump, frankly, the actual objective historic record shows, was harder on Russia than Barack Obama was. But why let facts get in the way of emotion? Donald Trump used to always praise Vladimir Putin. He would pat him on his head. In fact, when Congress was pushing to advance arms to Ukraine, Donald Trump made a big deal about, oh, we don't want to make Russia mad. We don't want to do this. And yet, we still did it. And he signed it into law. There are times you actually have to look at people's actions and not just their words. And the left is obsessed with Donald Trump's words and would prefer that you pay no attention to his actions. Donald Trump, for all of his faults, and there are many, was very firm with Russia. But we shouldn't have to talk about Donald Trump. We should not. The Russian military buildup did not occur on Donald Trump's watch. It occurred on Joe Biden's watch. And what did the experts from Joe Biden's administration say? That it may all be a bluff. 
The experts continue to screw things up, do they not? The experts told us there's no way Vladimir Putin would ever invade Ukraine. The experts told us, well, if they do invade Ukraine, it's only because they want a, a eastern territory to connect to Crimea. This actually, frankly, uh, the, the eastern part of Ukraine makes a lot of sense for them to take and leave the western part alone. So I can understand why the experts came up with that. I've been sympathetic to that view. But the experts told us that it was a bluff. The experts told us that they were going to retreat. The experts told us if we put on initial sanctions to show we're serious, they would never invade. The experts continue to get things wrong. The experts continue to give bad advice. And the experts continue to guide this White House and this administration in ways that are contrary to the way the world actually works. Do you know the Biden administration continues to try to seek a nuclear deal with Iran, which is an ally to Russia? Why would we want to do a deal with Iran? The Russians today, they've settled into Syria. And if we want to be intellectually honest here, Donald Trump's withdrawal of American personnel from Syria and the Syrian landscape there during that civil war emboldened Vladimir Putin. You have to be honest with that fact. It allowed the Russians to lock in a position of authority within Syria with the Syrian regime. It did. You may not like me saying it, but it's the God's honest truth. And the Russians have now announced that they disagree with Israel's claim over the Golan Heights. That's right. The Russians who are this very day invading Ukraine are also this very day telling Israel, we don't really like you in the Golan Heights. There are some members of the right in the United States right now that are kind of fixated on praising Vladimir Putin. It's becoming harder in the last 48 hours, and, and now they're just going to say we have no business being in Ukraine. Uh, we can't keep our own border safe and secure. Why should we worry about Ukraine? You should worry about Ukraine because of emboldening Vladimir Putin. He's not going to stop there. You're, you're now seeing them uh, rattling Israel over Golan height claims. Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, NATO allies and friends of ours, are worried today that he will come for them next. The Poles are worried as well. Uh, NATO and the United States are announcing we will move American military muscle further into Eastern European allied territory to get it closer to Russia, given what they're doing. There's a real destabilization of the world going on. There's no reason to make kissy face with Vladimir Putin, as some on the right have done. And frankly, it is something people on the right have done. CPAC is this weekend. The Conservative Political Action Conference, there were whole segments of it where they were expecting fawning praise of Vladimir Putin, Hungary, and the like. Because they think the liberal Western order has gotten weak and soft, they would prefer a illiberal order. Vladimir Putin has an illiberal order, and we can see how it's working. He's invading peaceful nations and taking their land, and at home, rounding up anyone who dissents. We are in chaotic times, and we are in chaotic times 
because the United States did such a good job of keeping the world safe and secure, the world, and in particular the United States, thought it was no longer necessary. No one was going to challenge us. We can have peace in our times. We can, we can scale back our military now. And the moment we did, under Barack Hussein Obama, the world started getting more chaotic because the peace of the world depends on American strength. We do not get peace in the world with pieces of paper and signatures. We don't. We don't get peace in the world with lawyers and we don't get peace in the world with bankers. We get peace in the world with bombs and aircraft carriers and weapons of war and ammo. And when we started scaling that back, and when the Defense Department became not a, not a division of the government to keep us safe, but a division of Boeing to keep Boeing in business, the rest of the world decided it could start getting a little more chaotic. If we want to get the world stable and calm again, we must be strong again. And I don't know that we on the left or the right have the will to do what it takes to make us strong again. Now, before I get out of here, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, uh, they're back to their great uh, three-pack deal where you can get three of them for less than $200. You, you've had it, you've gotten a go of it with the buy one, get one. Now you can get three of them. If you took advantage of the prior deal, now you, you got a, a good number for your house. So, you know, they're small, they're portable, you hold them in your hand, they're a little bigger than your hand, you plug them directly into the wall. What you do is you go to uh, EdenPureDeals.com and you will see a discount code, a box on the front page of the website, EdenPureDeals.com. You put in Eric and the number three, Eric three, no space, and you'll see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack. You get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, one for you can take one to your car, your RV, your hotel room. I travel with mine. I use mine in the kitchen. We don't have an exhaust fin in the kitchen right now. So I use it to eliminate the odors when I fry in the kitchen because, you know, fry odors, they get smelly and it works. You don't have to use essential oils. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You use the discount code ERIC3. You get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC3. It is Eric Erickson here. The President of the United States is going to address the nation at the bottom of the next hour. I want to actually cover that live. I know a lot of stations that I'm on live, uh, don't have the, the local resources to be able to do that. I want to do it for them. And also, I think it's important, given what's going on, whether we like the president or not, he is the president. He is yours and my president still. And I want to be able to, to cover uh, whatever he's going to do because I am curious. He's going to talk about the sanctions he intends to impose on uh, Russia, and I'm very curious to see if he's going to impose sanctions on the SWIFT banking system or prohibit the Russians. I don't know. I I, I gotta I, I criticize CNN a lot, but I I gotta praise CNN, and I want to do it here on this program. I know, although they're headquartered now in New York, they have a lot of employees where I am, my flagship station's Atlanta, Georgia, where I am, and their they're Turner headquarters are here, and I've got to praise CNN because the CNN we're getting at the moment covering Ukraine is the CNN that actually is the CNN that even conservatives can watch. It is the reporters in Russia, across Ukraine. They're in the war zones of Ukraine. CNN reporters were literally covering live on television the Russian soldiers taking the Kiev airport. They actually were filming it and transmitting it via satellite live 
as the Russian soldiers were storming the airport. He can't get that coverage anywhere else. No other news network in the world except the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, no one else in the world has the ability to deliver news like that. Fox does not have that level of journalists uh, around the world. They don't have the news network with the available reporters. Now, we're getting some good stuff from Fox. Don't get me wrong. But this is what Ted Turner made CNN for, and it works. And if they would just do more of this and less of the the Don Lemon shtick, uh, they would be better off, and, and maybe, maybe they could acquire an audience and get ratings. Unfortunately, it is events like this that drive everyone to CNN, and we could use with less events like this. But they deserve a lot of praise. They really do deserve a lot of praise. Uh, for what they're doing. I, I'm looking right now at CNN's live feed, and Jake Tapper is talking with Nick Robertson, who is uh, in Moscow right now at a protest in Moscow as Russian National Guard services are rounding up uh, peace protesters and throwing them in vans. And you're actually seeing this happen live there and nowhere else. Meanwhile, another news network uh, that it will go nameless that cropped up to try to be a competitor of Fox News from the right literally had a host on that speculated that this wasn't really happening, that the invasion really wasn't happening. Um, at least we get sound coverage from Fox and from CNN on this stuff. Uh, but I, I just I got to I got to give them a tip of the hat. Having reporters in Moscow and Kiev in Odessa and other parts of Ukraine, as well as Washington and um, Brussels to cover the EU and American reaction. Good for CNN. Good for them. More of this, please. When we come back, we got to move into the culture war here in this country. I'll keep you posted on the latest developments in Ukraine as well. I got a bank of televisions on in my office today watching everything happen. I'll keep you posted. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.